0: Hey guys, welcome to one more episode of our Table Salt, the podcast here at Wild and Virginia Beach. And today we have an amazing guest. Uh, We have been friends for a little while now. And uh, I want him to just tell his story. We're going to talk about some topics today. I want him to share his heart uh, with you guys. Please don't leave this channel. Uh, If you can, uh, share with your family, friends, uh, subscribe to our channel. This is going to help us to actually amplify what the lord is doing uh, around the world so thank you so much for tuning in so wait there we're just coming a second right now hey guys this is so cool. today i have with us um troy sherman bro This is amazing because I remember uh, in my DTS, my discipleship training school with YWAM, back in Brazil, uh, looking at the shelf and seeing just books of about everything. And then there was a book there, I think it was in Spanish, it was not in in Portuguese. Maybe they have in Portuguese now. And it was like, you know, relationships. Dean Sherman was like, wow, I want to read this. And um, I I remember I read in uh, Spanish and I was like amazed to see how much of like, it was so much in one book, and I was like, man, one day I will meet this people, you know, and this person that wrote this book, and now I have the privilege, bro, to have you as a friend. Uh, Troy, welcome, thank you so much for saying yes, and just chat with us, and please tell a little bit of your story, your, um, where you're from, your journey, and what the Lord is just like doing in your life, so feel free, the floor is yours. Thanks, man.
1: It's good to see you again. Um, It's always good to spend time with you. Yeah, I grew up, as you were saying, my father was one of the founders of Youth of the Mission. He had written a couple of books, Spiritual Warfare for Every Christian and Relationships. And uh, there are multiple languages. I don't even know how many languages now. And uh, it was... It was interesting to grow up in that YWAM Christian mm-hmm. environment. In a lot of ways, knowing Lorne and Darlene Cunningham and a lot of some of the original founders, and and it was actually quite hard for me. Mm. Uh, it, it kind of set this stage, not because of anything they said or did themselves, but more just being around these incredible legends. Mm the shadow that was kind of cast by them. Like, why would I pray for the nations right after Lauren and Darlene Cunningham prayed for the nations? I mean, Lauren has been to every nation. Wow, Who wow. does that? Right? I know. So I never felt like I kind of fit. And so I went through this journey of really questioning my faith around like high school and just walked away from the Lord. And my, my family was, was very committed to prayer and a lot of different stuff. And it wasn't until I was around 21 years old that I actually was going to backpack across Europe, and I actually went to Switzerland to visit my sister who is doing a DTS, Discipleship Training School. Hopefully people in the podcast know what that is by now. Yeah. If they don't, look it up. And I got caught by God. Just, hmm. it was an amazing experience an amazing time. And I haven't really looked back. So that was since. not
0: your plan. Like no. you're going just sort like backpacking, just enjoy yep. life. I okay. was going to enjoy life. See my sister
1: hit the road. And I gave God a week to prove to me he existed, hmm. which I'm not suggesting anybody do. But oftentimes God in his kindness and his love, he do stuff. Wow. And um, the next day I was walking down the halls. And this woman walks up to me and she says, do you know where Troy Sherman is? And I was like, that's me. Why? Do I know you? And she said, I've been praying for you every day for the last two years. Um, and this morning I woke up and God uh, spoke to my heart and said that you were in here in Switzerland and I was to come what? here to give you a message.
0: Oh, wow. Right? And I was like, well, where,
1: where are you from? <laughs> where are you from? And she's like, I'm from England. And I was like, wait, you woke up this morning in England. You bought a ticket and flew here to find me. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, what's this message? And she looks at me, tears in her eyes, and she goes, Jesus loves you. And I was like, okay, this is a really good start. This is awesome. What else? And she's like, no, that's it. And I was I, I was actually angry because I was thinking, man, I know that. Yeah. So, and now I realize the real problem, I think, with Christianity is 18 inches, the average distance from the human head to the human heart. Mm. And I grew up in a Christian school, in a Christian environment, knowing this stuff but not knowing mm. the stuff, right? Wow. And now I realize that if the blood of Jesus is not enough to comp- if the blood and death of Jesus is not enough to convince us, if the love of Jesus is not enough to compel us, nothing will be. Yeah. See, it's not further rev- it's not further information we need, I think. I think it's a greater revelation of the things that we think that we yeah. already know, right? Yeah. So that that was the beginning of the end of the old me. Wow, (laughs) and the kind of rebirth of me recommitting my life to the Lord. And now I've gone all over the world and doing all kinds of stuff. I'm married now. uh, I have three kids. And it's just been, yeah, it's been a roller coaster that I could not have possibly imagined. Mm. I got to meet people like you. Yay! (laughs) So my life has been,
0: um, it's been amazing. Yeah, and you've been all over teaching in different places. Um, How is that... Is that hard? I know it is hard for your family too uh, when you go. But I, I know you're always doing things with your family, with your kids, and uh, try to to balance that out. You know, like how's that for you? Is that hard for you to sometimes have those invitations? Because I do too, and not travel, but stay with your family because you know it's like we need to be there. How does your like your kids see that? Like you know, because you said you know you grew up like a you know missionary kid. Right. Uh, I think you grew up in Hawaii, do not you? Yeah. Okay. And um, and then now it's like, do you think about sometimes, because I think about like, I don't want to do, I don't want my kids to feel the same way I felt right. when I was young, you know? Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard.
1: Um, and it's definitely something that I've thought about a lot. Uh, I'm traveling less since COVID. Everything mm-hmm. since COVID has kind of changed, as you can imagine, but... I kind of came up with this rule for myself and I'm not saying it's for everyone, but it's, and I think that that's important is that you get with your family and you decide together. So number one, not an order of importance. I sit with my kids and I ask them, Mm. Hey, what do you guys still think about this happening? Do I have your permission to continue, continue to do this? Yeah. And I, and I don't know, I have never had to be at that position yet where they've said, no, I'm I don't want you to go. Um, but I also have a rule in my family that I'm never gone longer than seven days. Okay. So no matter where I am in the world, even if I'm teaching in Europe, uh. um, and next and the week after that I'm teaching in Mexico, like I will come home and be home for at least 24 hours before I fly out somewhere else. And sometimes Ooh. it means that like, I'm on the East Coast, I fly all the way back to Portland where I live, on the West Coast, to fly all the way back to the East Coast, and people are like, what are you doing? You could just take a short flight. And and I'm thinking, no, I want my kids to know that I have done everything possible to be with them. And I never say yes to an invitation. Only my wife does. She's my boss. When it comes to me traveling and teaching, I need her to say, go. Not only that, but she literally packs my bag for me. And the reason why we do this consciously or subconsciously is that it's her releasing me mm. it's it's her saying i'm in this with you so much that i'm actually packing your bag so you can get out of here if i if she didn't pack my bag i mean of course i could pack my own stuff but it's kind of her it her way and my way of saying we're, we're a team we're doing this mm-hmm. we're together. doing this together you know uh, so important and i have had the privilege of just recently going to poland with mm-hmm. my entire family. And that was, uh, other than just short kind of drives that we've done in the United States, mm-hmm. I've never gone with all three of my kids. I mean, when my when I had my first kid, he's been to 12 countries. But when you start getting more kids, to and try sale. to take them all at the same time, yeah. it's a small fortune to try to get them there. So we were actually able to go to Poland as a, a whole family and actually, uh, participate in a camp that a lot of the people that were coming to the camp were refugee kids wow. from the Ukrainian crisis and the war that's happening there and man it was it was amazing.
0: Mm. I imagine it was like super heartbreaking too to see. The reality of because we you know we haven't been there, but then you going there and stepping with your family and showing your kids like this is what reality is. No, that's not what we're we're not just watching the news. Actually, we're now here and we can see with your eyes. Like it's a huge impact on our kids. Yeah, to see reality outside. And it's so important to show them that uh, you know the world is not only a, on the screen or watching something, but putting like hands on and praying for people, playing with the kids actually. You know, being there, I think, it's so important uh, to have that experience. And I see that, you know, my kid now, uh, Nicholas, uh, 14, and now he's like more and more. He's dad, I want to go with you whatever mm-hmm. you go. You know, um, I just came last week from a conference, and I was like, no, I want to go with you. You know, it's, it's so kind cool. of hard. Even with the, we, we think like we're gonna homeschool my kids, and I'm gonna, they they're gonna be free to do things, and it's actually it's not that easy. You know, you need there's a lot of discipline homeschooling as well um, as it is, like, sending them to school. Uh, For sure, it's way better to have them home and be homeschooled. Um, Bro, uh, yeah, tell me, like, you're telling me about something. Was that something that God um, spoke with you uh, when you were last in St. Croix? Was it something like that or no?
1: It was something that well, the last the last time I was in St. Croix I was actually with you yeah. it was a it was a phenomenal time and and it was great but coming home was awful. Mm. I flew back to the states I was in an airport and I got stranded there all night. And like I had just mentioned I go home for 24 hours. Yeah. So I was in Texas and Uh, at the Dallas airport it had snowed not not even Like an inch of snow, but it's Texas. So they have no idea what to do what (laughs) to do with the snow You know, like anywhere else Canada would be like, yeah, we're fine, you know But this was like it was too much for them, you know, so they're like, oh my gosh The clouds are on the ground, you know, they just couldn't Do anything about any of the snow and so I was stuck there and ironically I was gonna be in in texas about 48 hours from that Mm -hmm. moment or 24 hours, whatever it was to speak in a school in Texas. And I finally get told by them, Hey, listen, you're going to be stuck here for three days and then we can get you home. And I was like, no, I got to get home now because if I don't get home, I'm not, I'm not going to be there for 24 hours and I need to come back and I've got this thing. So I actually bought an airplane ticket on another airline. I get to San Francisco to try to change planes in San Francisco. I walk to my gate and the doors closed and I'm like, what's going on? I still have five minutes before the doors close, you know, or 10 minutes or something. And she's like, oh, uh, everyone already showed up. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a part of everyone and I'm not on the plane. (laughs) And she, and she looks at me and she's like, oh, I sold your ticket. And I was like, well, that's weird. I don't have the money and you didn't ask me. And this is the last flight of the day. So like, I don't care where you put me on the plane. I can, I'll I'll sit with the, with the, you know, the, the the flight attendants in the, I don't care. I just need to be on the plane. Oh, wow. And she was just like, nope, sorry. No, I don't even think she, she said, sorry. And she just walked through this door and she was gone. And there I was in that moment. And there have been lots of times in my life where bad things have happened. Mm. like anyone. Yeah. And one of the things I started to recognize is we have a choice in those moments what we're going to do. Mm. And I can't change the fact that I was having a bad day. And so I started getting into this kind of pattern, this rhythm in my life of trying as much as possible to turn bad days into a game. So like if somebody cuts me off in traffic, instead of getting angry, I think to myself, okay, the next three people that need to merge, I'm gonna let them merge. And I actively start turning it into a game. So anything that ends up happening that's bad in my life, I start to try to make it good. So I went and they gave me these vouchers for food at the airport. It's like, oh, you're not gonna see your family? Well, maybe fast food will help. I'm like, not right. really, but whatever. <laughs> so. I start walking around the airport trying to find somebody more miserable than me. And I find this person laying on the ground, hoodie on, just laying there, just you can see on their face, their life is just in a a wreck. And so I go to this person, not in these words, but I'm saying it this way to kind of make the point. I was like, hey, you look like you're having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. Um, I can't change my day, but I can change yours. And I want you to find anything you want to eat here and I want to buy it for you. And the person was like, this is the first good thing that's happened to me in a really long time. And that was that moment that I was like, why don't I do this more? Hmm. See, instead, we want to sit there in the chair and just think about like, this is so unfair and this is so not right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. And? And what? So I bought this thing for this person and this person was like crying. Just like, this is the best thing ever. And so uh, I finally get home. The next day, late, obviously not just a day, but the flight that they rebooked me on was late. I mm. get home. My wife is like repacking my bag while I'm taking a shower or whatever. I get out, basically go back to the airport, and I'm flying back to Texas. And the place that my layover is, same thing happens. I'm overnighted. They're like, we're, not, we're just not going to fly today. We've canceled the flight. And I'm like, you, what? Right. Two right. days. Hey. This is after I just ah. saw you in St-, the St. Croix for the first time. I'm right. already getting ex- right? like. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, all right. I can be angry at this or I can try to do something good. And again, they gave me vouchers because yeah. who cares? Yeah, yeah, And I start walking through the airport and I find this person in the, in a Starbucks line. And I walk up to them and I was like, you look like you're having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. But I can't, I can't change my day, but I can't change yours. Let me buy whatever you want. Uh, I don't want anything from you. You don't have to talk to me. I just want to do something good today. So I gave the this the vouchers and i went and i sat down and i was like oh man god this is you know this is rough and all of a sudden the broster that's a male barista
0: just mm-hmm. kidding <laughs>
1: uh, so the attendant that was there um, uh, all of a sudden is getting my attention and i look over and that person had paid for the next person and then that person paid for the next person so for the next hour hour and a half everyone in that line was paying for the next person and i was the first person yeah to do it i felt to really bad create a my, mine was free yeah don't tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> i had the vouchers Always but ooh, whatever all. but and i again i just had this thought of like why don't we do this yeah more often you know like there's so many times that when i'm traveling or whatever i can't sleep jet lag whatever and i'm tossing and turning and i'm miserable and in that moment of, of misery i'm like oh no i can't sleep I guess I'll just pray for the nations. And then in that moment, I just decide, instead of being miserable, why not turn that moment into something
0: beautiful? And that choice is always in our hands. Man, I have that like, I think it was like a week or two weeks ago. It was kind of the same thing. I went to the gas station. I was like pumping. And I was like looking at the price. And I was thinking, man, gas is so expensive. In just, Virginia no yeah, yeah I know I, it no, is three dollars no. and something here it is five dollars and something I'm not comparing but it is true uh, it's worse <laughs> yes but it, it was bro it was like I'll say like two dollars ten two five no last we checked but it was it was it was high and I was pumping and then I felt bro it was like a voice came to my mind and just say pay for the per like for the lady pay for her and I was like, I was like, no way. I was like, this is way like I'm paying, I'm just thinking about how expensive the gas is. Yeah. And then and then I felt like no, imagine if it's hard for you. know, it might be hard for hers as well. And I saw like there were some kids in the car. So she was trying, actually, she was having trouble. And she I know she was talking, but I was like, I came and said, Hey, are you okay? And she's like, Well, my car, because it's like a Sam's Club um you know and she's like my membership card is not reading on the reader and i'm i i, I don't know what to do mm. and it's like oh can i can you you can use my i you know because it doesn't matter i saw her card and i know she had a card so i tried to put my i put my card there and open up the pump and everything and then i and then i fell again i was like oh i'm done and then god's like no you're gonna pay it <laughs> you know don't tell my wife and uh and i was like hey you know what can i can i fill up your t- your tank and then she's like what i was like can i can i fill it up and i put my car there and say just just go for it just fill it up yeah and then she was like no 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 you don't need to do this for me right. and then she was like and i was like no and i'm almost that i can hear my my pump was like done so i ran to my car and i put everything and i just left yeah and then but the first thing that came to my mind was like i was like imagine if she leaves that pump open and then somebody else comes and start filling up and then so and i was like my card is gonna go like i'm done and i was like worry about that but I, I, nothing happened i checked uh, all good but i was and then but i was driving and then she i looked back and she was literally she was like this smiling like this looking up so i don't know if she's have a moment with the lord where she's just like thanking some force or whatever yeah. but i know it kind of changed and i told her say hey i'm a christian and I believe, like, we, we can change things, yeah. you know, we can do different. differently. Can, we can be the miracle. Oh, bro.
1: But n- beyond just so being much. the
0: miracle, one of the things that I realized being in Poland with my
1: family, because it was dark. Like, it was the stories yeah. that these kids were going through. Like, I don't have a home. My parents are dead. Like, mm-hmm. it oh, was man. just one it's story so after, a so- after another, after another. And the darkness started to just grip my heart. And I was just overwhelmed. I felt like, how do I, what do I have to give yeah, to these kids? Yeah, what is the response in this situation? You know, situation? but just making them smile and laugh ah, and giggle, that so by much. itself, yeah. in that moment was a miracle.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I'm i more compelled than ever before to be the miracle. Not just pray for miracles, to be the miracle. Be the answer to someone else's prayer. And it's prayer. simple. Right. So and, simple. And so oftentimes it's more simple than we think it is. Oh, yeah. But one of the thoughts that I had was imagine God looking at the earth and the Mm. war that's happening right now in Ukraine and all of the sadness that's happening there in the world. And as he's looking at all of these bad things that are happening, he's like, oh, my heart. And then he's looking over here and he's like, oh, my heart. And then he looks to this camp in Poland where the kids are laughing and all of this stuff. And God goes from my heart, my heart to my heart. Mm. And I thought, we literally have the capacity to create small moments, little places on the earth, that as God looks at all of the dark, there's one place of light. There's one place of joy. But if I'm doing it, that's one place. And if you're doing it, that's another place. And then all of a sudden, from God's perspective, it's all of this sadness, but these pockets of delight, these pockets of joy, these pockets of
0: the miracle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I recognized in that moment, we literally have the capacity to Mm. bless God, to to create that light. Mm. And I'd always thought about be the light of the world. Mm -hmm. In context of for other people or non believers or whatever. But that was the first time that I recognized maybe being the light is for God Mm. too. Yeah. That he gets to see this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. Right there in that moment, as he's looking at all the sadness, there's that
0: one piece. Wow. That's so good, bro. (laughs) And I know you're going through like a crazy journey and God is just like speaking. You know, we, we all go through seasons in life and relationship with God and the way we see things and what we're in that season. I think God, like time is like amazing uh, when we we get what the Lord is saying. Uh, I know you're going through, you know, you we were sharing yesterday a class of like listening God's voice. And it's so simple. We just need to pay attention and what, how he speaks all the time. He's just all constantly talking, mm. you know, and I, I feel like that's the same um, it's so powerful to understand that people expect like you know they're gonna open the Bible where angels is gonna appear or so, you know like things like that yeah. because it's more like oh I wanna I wanna be impacted by something supernatural that will like really convince me that God is real but he is there's there's nothing we can do he is real yeah and and he's always talking to his people and that's like another way of just listening and be you know a resp- like response. Yeah. You know, respond instead of like react like you say in traffic or whatever in life, like you're gonna be the answer, or you're gonna be like causing more problem, you know. It's so interesting to me
1: this concept of hearing God's voice and and people saying, Man, if if God would just tell me like he, like he did to Jonah, he made it pretty clear what he was supposed to do, and Jonah was like, and I'm out, and he just yeah. went in the complete opposite direction. And you start going through how many stories in scripture where God was unbelievably clear, like even audible about stuff. Yep. And the people were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, let's do something else. And the human condition suggests, if I just knew God's will, then I would. And, and all of a sudden, we're, we're no different. I would never let anyone take you, Jesus. I'm telling you, dude, before you get Chick-fil-A, Yeah, (laughs) before the rooster crows three times. Yeah, you are going to deny me three times. Oh man, you know, and that's the reality. We think we know our heart. We don't. Yeah, we think if I just heard God,
0: then X Y Z. No, well, and it doesn't because we are we're like we're proud and we're so arrogant. We want. I'm glad you finally admitted uh, it. (laughs) I know. I know you are. I'm sorry. I am. (laughs) You know, but like it comes to a point that if you don't have like a teachable heart. And you are, your heart is burning before the cross every day. It's so hard. I cannot go on if I don't understand it, because uh, it doesn't matter. God is going to ask us uh, crazy stuff, and and you're right. Like we, most of the time, we're going to say, ah, no, that's for somebody else. I, I I can do this, but if we really pay attention, we do those crazy stuff with joy knowing that the reward you know it belongs to him it's his glory not ours like even if he give us the glory we don't know what to do with it like Mm -hmm. we that's not ours and but uh bro i want to i want to thank you so much for just spending time um this week has just been amazing um thank you for yeah being part of this podcast with us and um yeah i hope that we we're gonna have more of those times together and if you guys are uh just watching this podcast please be blessed with those words and um thank you for tuning in don't forget to share this with a lot of people everyone that you know your family and friends but um yeah they'll they'll amplify like i said in the beginning so thank you so much troy uh, yeah god bless you bro love you love you too